the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. Hey everybody, it's time for another edition of the Corner 3 Podcast, and boy do we have a lot of NBA drama to talk this week and break down with you guys. Tim Daniel here, another show, some more Bulls drama, some Cavs drama, some fun NBA stuff. What else we got? We got to bring in our panel for that, as always. Alex Derrickson, sir, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Tim. How about you? Uh, I'm great, man. I am watching a very good game right now between the Cavs and the Wolves. It's very competitive, and I never thought I'd say that sentence uh, two weeks ago. Well, the Cavs have a had a losing January, so yeah. anything's possible right now. Absolutely, and of course, none other than Mr. Sean Mackey. Sean, how are you, sir? Oh, I am. Excellente. Excellente? I like that. I like that. You like that? Yeah, you should keep that around. I, I don't think I will. Oh, well. <laughs> That's the spirit. Yeah. Gosh, Sean. Way to break it. <laughs> so, guys, um, you know, we, uh, we're going to talk with the heart for a little bit today. And what I mean by that, for those who regularly listen to our show, our Twitter followers out there, they know that the three of us, yes, we do an all-NBA show. But our heart is in Chicago at the United Center with our beloved Chicago Bulls. And um, things are, since our last show, things are interesting, to say the least. So um, to break down the Bulls' timeline, we'd have to go back right to the loss against Atlanta, where there is uh, Dwayne and Jimmy go to the press, and they air their grievances there. Uh, They kind of had a late festivus, you could say. And they, um, you know, discuss that they don't think people, the players care enough. Uh, they're really frustrated with, you know, how, like, you know, they're the ones kind of carrying the team. These young guys don't care to win. They're just kind of going game by game and going through the motions. So they, they air that out. The next morning, old Rajon Rondo decides to take it to social media and post a picture of him, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett. Also, side note, really funny. We all heard about the Ray Allen drama. Notice Ray Allen was not in that photo. And Rondo comes and says that, like, his veterans would never do that, and they'd go to the team, and they wouldn't never, like, you know, they would they would never go to the media, and they would bring up to the players. And they said, maybe it's not the team that's bad. It's, maybe it's the leadership. So we have that. And then, you know, the next day, after that post comes out, they have shoot-around, and they're going to play Miami. So the uh, on that Friday, it was Friday night, yeah, at the United Center. We all know Dwayne wants to play in Miami. So shoot around, I guess, is cool, calm, collected, no one's upset. We go to then. This is just going through the timeline. This is a crazy timeline. This sounds like two months worth of stuff in four days. Um, Butler and Wade aren't starting a game. They come in off the bench, and Butler shoots one of 13. They're bad. Sunday, they play Philly. No Joel Embiid. Uh, what happens there? Uh, we see a little bit more after a players-only meeting where Tosh Gibson says the young players want Dwayne to practice more. And we see Dwayne get on Christian Feliciano for not making a switch late in the third quarter in that game. You see him flat out on air point at him and say, that's on you. And then, guys, we go to Ryan Rosillo of ESPN, putting the story out that Jimmy and the front office, uh, Jimmy does not trust the front office. Uh, he is, you know, he feels cautious. He's told his players not to talk any smack in the locker room, so he doesn't have um, Gar Foreman hear them. And also, there's a the talk that Jimmy was upset because... Uh, they told him that they were going to start Tony Snell over him if he didn't accept the original max contract, which brings us to today. This team is about to play the Oklahoma City Thunder later, a team that kicked their ass already. Uh, we have talked for weeks on end that this is a mess, and we know this is a mess. We knew this would be a mess when Rajon Rondo signed the deal. They have a different starting point guard every other day. 
Um, now Jimmy is being rumored about the talks with the, the Boston Celtics making a trade offer again. So, Alex, this is like that onion that you keep peeling the layers off of. I think that is describing this Bulls anger, frustration, disappointment, whatever you want it to be. Um, wh- where are you with this? What are your thoughts on it? Are you at the point where it's gotten so blown up that you don't even care anymore? Now, that's a hot fucking mess, man. It is. Like that is a, that's a hot, that's a hot wet of news garbage. That's what you just threw on us just now. Uh, it's frustrating, right? Because Butler for all, I mean, arguably, not really arguably is, is the best Bulls player since Jordan. Correct. Uh, and it's frustrating to see the front office constantly behave this way. Like this morning when we talked about this, I, I said the saddest part of that whole story is if it's true, even reading it, you can't sit there and go, that doesn't sound like them. Like this dates back to Skiles. This goes with Tibbs. This goes with the Butler situation, Gordon, or not so much Gordon, but like the Dang situation and everything like that. It, it speaks very ill of the Bulls front office. And I think it explains a lot of the why free agents aren't really willing to come there. Cause I'm sure word travels. Oh, sure. And, and that's the thing is like, you know, we talked about this a lot is, um, I don't think the Bulls have a plan. And I think that's where we come back to as diehard Bulls fans is we just want a plan. If you want to rebuild, okay, rebuild. And we thought that was the case after the Derek, after the Rose trade and they let Noah go. We thought, okay, you know, that's the plan. They're going to rebuild. They're going to get these young guys in, get them minutes. They're going to see who they can build with and who they can't. And then they go sign Rondo. They go sign Wade. They trade for Michael Carter-Williams, which isn't a bad trade in hindsight when you look at what they especially giving up Tony Sell. But Sean, like, this, you know, like Alex said, it's a hot mess. I don't know where do they go from here. Can this get worse? Will it get worse? What, what, what do you think? What do, how do you feel about all this? You know, you know, I've been I've been going through everything that they've done, reading over it over and over again. And you know, the rumor that broke uh, late last night, early this morning, um, like Alex said, it, it sounds very Bullsian. <laughs> it's uh it's uh, something that that they would totally do. I don't I don't know what has to happen for the front office to make a change at this point. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf is is buddies with Paxson. As long as they're selling tickets, I don't think he cares if they win a title. I mean, the Sox are his team. He does not care. Um, but, I mean, the, the, whole, the whole rumor from, from last night about, you know, Jimmy declining the $44 million for four years or whatever and, you know, um, Thibodeau essentially being forced to play Tony Snell over him. For one, they knew he was good. They just didn't want to pay him. And look at him right now. He's a top 10 NBA player, legitimate top 10 NBA player. And he's worked his ass off to get there. But at the same time, how could you even justify playing Tony Snell? I mean, Tony Snell has not had one single good year in the NBA. And... The thing is, I think Gar Foreman is a very proud guy. Now, Gar Foreman got Jimmy Butler. Butler at the number 30 pick is one of the best, you know, late round, if not the best late round pick 
of the last 10 years. Okay? I mean, we got Draymond on there, obviously, but he he's one of the best. Yeah, so sure. he, he got he got he got that one right. He got that one right. Okay, but then they picked Tony Snell. They thought Tony Snell was going to be another Kawhi Leonard because he actually played with Kawhi Leonard. That's literally what they thought they were getting. They're like, oh, this guy can shoot, and he's he's a hard worker. He doesn't talk a whole lot. He's going to come in here and do this. He was terrible. Marcus Teague doesn't even. He's not even in the league anymore. I don't even know how that happens. How you go from being this pretty decent college point guard to just not being in the NBA in three years. That's that's just really frustrating. You know, but then, you know, Bobby Portis, people are saying Bobby Portis was going to be a good pick, and he did at the beginning of last season. He looked great. I'm not going to lie. He's not getting playing time right now, so I don't really know if his confidence is gone or what, but he's kind of busted. Miritich is going to be out the door soon. And it's frustrating I, because, like, you totally know these players aren't bad, and it's hard to argue that it's just the coaching or the system that might be just actually harming these players. It is. It's completely the coaching in the system because you have a guy who's going to, you know, he's doing the, uh, you know, the, the fast pace, you know, pop a shot offense. You have that guy with a team of slow guys who can't shoot the ball. Okay. Like the bulls front office should be like, kissing jimmy butler like they should be groveling at the feet of jimmy butler for having that talent for bailing them out for bad drafts for a long time i I think signing wade makes sense i thought like the rondo thing entirely questionable but it's just the fact that they're almost just so oblivious willingly oblivious to what is on their roster in jimmy butler and how to build around it this is the team that is just garp foreman he does not want to look like an idiot. He, but he does. <laughs> but he's one of those guys who's just so proud that he will not. You know, this was his doing, bringing in Fred Hoiberg. You know, said they were going to do this this big search for a college. You know, for a coach. You know, everybody knew for Brad Stevens. Literally, literally, everybody knew they were going to hire Fred Hoiberg. This the you know before the NBA Finals the year before. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody knew he was going to be on the Bulls roster. Everyone knew Thibodeau was out the door. Thibodeau is a great coach. And Gar Foreman is too proud to admit that. And he thought that, you know, I'm going to get him out the door. We're going to bring in Fred Hoiberg. We're going to do this. And this is going to – this will this will help it. But they're a defensive-minded team who can't shoot. So we're not having – you know they're, they've they've never been great at shooting threes or anything. You no. know, and they got and, and Doug McDermott. I mean, he's he's okay. I'm not gonna say he's great or anything. I think he could develop into a good player. Kyle Korver took a few years to get to get good. He did. Let's let's be honest. But you know, I just don't know where you go from here. They've completely painted themselves into a corner with all of their moves. And like at this point, I am totally at peace with a full rebuild. Seriously, just cleaning house and just saying, you know what, this isn't working, let's do something else. And get everything you can for some of these players and build for the future because you can't just patch the job up and and move on with Dwayne Wade. I mean, Dwayne Wade's probably not going to be with the team next year. I mean, would would you want to come back? No, and he's actually like, you know, as good as he's been for the Bulls in hindsight, if you look at his stats, he's gotten worse and worse month by month. And I get it, the part of that is he's 35 years old. But, like, yes. he has definitely, you know, from that, like, first three weeks, Dwayne Wade that we had, we went, holy shit, we got a little flashback? Yeah, that flash is gone. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, 
Dwayne Wade is a great player. Yeah, I mean, Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best shooting guards of the last 10, 15 years, easily. And, you know, I mean, I, I understand going after him. I was kind of excited when they I, – I was very excited when they signed him. I'm not Me gonna too. Lie. Absolutely. It's like, yeah. It's like, it's like, holy crap, we just got Dwayne Wade. But this would have been so much cooler eight years ago. During you the know? decision. When he, when you During had, the decision. That's the thing. It's like, oh, damn you. When he's, like, talking about the decisions, period. And he's like, LeBron and I almost went to Chicago. We were so close. It's like, oh, why? Why? That would have been so awesome. Don't deny it. It would have yeah. been awesome. It would have yeah. been awesome. It, it would have been, been. It would have been a, a true dynasty. It would have been <laughs> I mean, the coolest thing. But Ever. but you but you know what you know history has has wrote itself that that period is over. The Bulls, you know, they had many years where they were, you know, the comparable you know second seed in the East. They were the only ones that were giving LeBron any problems night in and night out. And I still believe they probably have the best record against LeBron in the regular season. I mean, Probably. they took it to they took it to them they took it to him every year in the regular season, usually winning the season series, sometimes like 3 to 1, sometimes 4 nothing. I mean, they were they really played them tough and they took a lot of pride in beating that team and they were totally capable, but things just always fell apart in the playoffs. But, you know, it's uh I I don't know where they go, but um we should talk about this 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 Celtics thing. You know, yeah. I mean, this is sense. this is some this is something that's kind of floating around the internet as well. I don't know if Danny Ainge put it out there himself. He may have. <laughs> we know Nick Friedel was all like all all discussing it on Zach Lowe's show this week. Yeah, so I mean, we're 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 last over over the summer. The Timberwolves offered um, they offered, I believe, Chris Dunn and Zach Levine. Yes, they offered the to pick the that was Chris Dunn. The Chris, yeah, the pick that was Chris Dunn and Zach. Tibbs was just trying to get his son home. I know. He was just and and hey, you know what? It it wouldn't have been a terrible trade. It would have. And it, it you know it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been awful. But this it is would've. the best year. Well, I mean, Levine Levine's developing. He's he is developing, and he's twenty one. And I get that. And I love Chris Dunn's prospects. I love his ceiling. Yes. But this goes back to your trading. We didn't know Levine was going to do this at the beginning of the year. No, and, we didn't. And we didn't. Jimmy Butler has been a top 10 player, as you said. So, he has. He has. But you, we got to look at, we got to look at like, what are they going to get back now in assets? If, if, if you're going to do this, you know, I mean, you know, the thing that's being floated out on the internet, two picks, Brooklyn picks. Mm-hmm. And a player or two for Jimmy Butler, you know, where it'd be Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, whatever. The Bulls are going to get whatever they can get, obviously. Sure, they'll lowball them, but you know, do you do you go for that, Tim? Yes, if you ha- if you have to trade Jimmy Butler, I think you do that. And if you are Paxson and Foreman, I have no no issue. Off, like asking for gold, like I, I, I have no issue with them demanding so much for Jimmy Butler because that's fair. Because at that point, it's win-win for you. You say we will give you Butler if you give us those two picks, you know, and then a combination of two of the three between Crowder, Bradley, and Smart. And if they say yes, cool. That's two picks for your future, and that's a lot of the. I mean, that's guys you can even move again. Or no, you still have Jimmy Butler. So if you're gonna do that. I think that that's a win-win for you there, um, and if, I mean if you do that, you got to think, guys. Like, 
you know, we talked about this last week's show. The, the 76ers are really finally starting to put something together where it's like, okay, quote, I mean, this process, no pun intended, is really coming together. And you're surely starting to see these young players really develop. How many draft picks have the Philadelphia 76ers had these past couple years? And I know we've joked about, like, Umbeed was hurt, Okafor was hurt, Ben Simmons was hurt, Noel's been hurt. Yes, but this year alone, Dario Saric came over. They had um, the other French kid, Elowal or something. I can't say his name right correctly. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Ben Simmons. And, like, they're putting together a young, talented group that you can build off of. Let's say the Chicago Bulls make this move, guys. Um, Let's say Danny Ainge and John Paxson put something together, and they're like, okay, let's do the deal. This is what we're going to do. And they agree to terms and say Crowder and Smart come over. You know, we get those picks. We. I shouldn't. Yeah. I'm going to be that guy for a second. Um, You're looking at the prospect of, like, getting Lonzo Ball. Or, uh, or, you know, as they talked about, Markel Fultz. Like, that's a guy. Those are guys you can, you know, for what you see right now, those are guys you can build off of. And not to say Levine wouldn't be. That's not what I'm getting. No, 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 no. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Some good players. And the thing thing that's so interesting about the Brooklyn picks is they have the next two Brooklyn picks. Yeah. And Brooklyn is almost guaranteed to be – like most most of the time, if you were going to trade a good player to a team for that team's draft picks and you're trading them a good player, I mean their draft stock is going to go down. They own two picks for Brooklyn. Brooklyn is going to be in the hole for two years. There's no sign of them getting any better at all. So I mean these are these are really good picks. Yeah. I mean it's rare that someone has two picks from a team where they're almost guaranteed not to get any better for two years. So you you have two top ten picks. Right. You know? And if you get somebody like Jay Crowder or even Marcus Smart's not bad. No, not at all. You know, you throw him in there, it's I mean, it's worth it because Boston is in a win now mode. Their fans are ready for another championship. The Celtics are number two right now in the East. Yeah. Can you believe... I mean, th- this is ridiculous. They're, you know? Well, they have the king of the fourth. Yes. And, and you know, they've got Isaiah Thomas, you know, mm-hmm. and he's just absolutely killing it this year. You add Jimmy Butler to that team. You know, I mean, you've really, really got something with... And then you have Al Horford, obviously. You have a really, really solid foundation for the future. Well, Alex, we'll bring you back in the conversation here because you, like me, like Sean, you know, we like we talked about this team. We all have a special place in our heart for Tosh Gibson. Like, this is a guy that went through Del Negro, he went through Tibbs, now he's going through Hoiberg, he has gone through so many changes, he has been there for being the number one seed, he has been there for a team that didn't make the playoffs, like, he's been through it all. And I respect Taj. I love everything Taj has done. He has been great off the bench. He has been great starting when he's had to. Um, he had a, an argument for being one of the top six men in the East for a while. They got to move him. I think he's a guy that you know. If they're going to go with this, they got to move him. And you know, we're talking. You can keep about Toronto and Atlanta, like kind of like having a pissing contest over Paul Millsap. If you're Paxson and Foreman, okay, this is a bad example because we know that they're not the smartest dudes when it comes to front office personnel. Don't you call Toronto and say, "Hey, I know you guys can't really get Millsap." What would you guys give us for Taj? Like, don't you think, like, I think Taj deserves a chance to go to a situation where he can be in a competitive situation immediately. Absolutely. But then we get these rumors drummed up of how petty the Bulls front office is, and then it kind of makes you wonder. Like, it's almost just like a situation of, do they hold the players there? Like, are they just, like, not moving players or whatever? (laughs) But it's... 
Yeah, I, I definitely think Taj, I think it's time that Taj can part ways with the Bulls. He doesn't owe that franchise anything anymore. Uh, it's been fun. I'm surprised it's been this long. Me too. Uh, yeah. It's, it'll be sad, like, when it happens. I'm not even going to say if, but it's also one of the situations where, as we keep going back, the, the team kind of needs to be reconstructed. Yeah. And getting rid of the last bits of the Tibbs era may be what the front, what like the organization wants or what I'm not sure. But I think systemically the issue is still Fred Hoiberg. No matter how nice of draft picks you get, I don't think that guy's an NBA coach. Well, they don't draft well either, and that doesn't help. Um, I mean, you can yeah, talk- they went Rose over Beasley since since Butler. <laughs> okay, so you so you know obviously Jurkic and. Gary Harris, you know, I've had, I've been, Jurgic can't get off the bench in Denver, but Gary Harris had a decent tenure there. And that's, that's who you, t- you know, that's the guys you traded, those picks are the cheer for McDermott. And I like Doug, you know, I'm with you, Sean. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's going to go out there and, you know, he might have a game occasion where he's like super on fire like he had against, um, mm. he had a couple weeks ago against Memphis. But that's like kind of what we get from Doug anymore. Like he'll have a 30 point game, he'll follow with a six point game where he shoots two of nine. Um, you know Denzel Valentine right now is in the middle of a stint with the D League, which is fine. That's totally okay. But have a plan, you know. And I don't, I don't think Denzel Valentine is a bad player by any means. I don't. Either. I think, I think he could really be something, honestly. But I, he's, I, I, I like that he's in the D League right now. I do too. And you know, like I'm totally okay with Paul Zipser being in the rotation because he hasn't been outstanding by any stretch, but he has been solid when he has been called upon. Like, do I think he should be the starting shooter guard for the team? Hell fucking no. But I do enjoy, you know, I think that he's, you know, I think he's played well for being a second rounder for someone who had, no one had an idea what he was going to be. All right, guys, final touches on the Chicago Bulls before we move on to some more NBA drama. Um, who's moved first? I'll give you each a quick second. Butler or Gibson? Simultaneously in a three-team trade. That'd be nice. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... I'm gonna say Gibson. Yeah. Gibson's gone. He's he's gonna go to a contender. I hope it's not Cleveland. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I really, really, really hope it's not Cleveland. Once you go to like but... San Antonio, we'll be like, ah, okay. The prophecy. Right. right. Well, him and Nico. Him and Nico have to go like together at some point, right? I uh, the the future looks brighter for Taj in San Antonio. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, guys, speaking of now other NBA drama in this world, uh, we have MVP versus Fulbert MVP. We have guy who wants to be a role model versus guy who says he's not a role model. We have a boxing belt, you can say, of 12 rounds of bashing that's been going on for years. Charles Barkley versus LeBron James. If you're involving the NBA, you know there's some arguments there. There's some issues where those guys aren't the biggest fans of each other. Now, we are we are fans of Cyril Charles, the basketball player. Um, I think we can all agree he said some things he shouldn't have, but we got a good laugh out of it a lot of times. Um, I fully appreciate that he, on TNT, flat out made a joke about the wall. Like, way to go, Charles. Props to you, my friend. Um, but, you know, we talked about this last week's show where LeBron had discussion of they need more bodies. And we've all, you know, we've I've heard both sides of it. You know, I think what it comes down to is he doesn't want to be the backup point guard. And I'm okay with that. That's fine. Um, but, you know, Charles goes as far to say that LeBron doesn't want to compete 
because he just wants to get the best players. When he already has Kyrie, he already has Kevin Love, and this is going to be fine. You know, that's cool. But, um, you know, and then they go in and trade for Corver, and they have JR, and they, you know, Richard Jefferson's been a decent bench player for them. So now, Barkley goes and goes, he says all these things about how he doesn't want to compete. Shaq defends LeBron on NBA on TNT, saying, like, Charles, you're talking about this, but you're the guy teamed up with Akeem and Scottie Pippen. And, you know, and then, you know, he makes the point if you don't know what it's like to go back and back. Kenny Smith did. I did. We know what that's like to go back and back and how hard that is. Charles, you don't understand that, which is also a fair point. So that brings to LeBron after the cast of another embarrassing loss to the Dallas Mavericks. And he says that, you know what, he's not going to let Charles Barkley ruin his legacy by saying that, to say he doesn't want to compete. And he brings up some points from the past. He brings up, go back to the finals in 93 when Paxton hits the game, hits the game-winning shot. Him and Jordan are laughing during free throws talking like throughout that game, and he says, like, oh, no one in the league is friends anymore. Um, then there is also, he, say, he brings up, I didn't show up the All-Star Weekend on Sunday because I was partying in Vegas all weekend. I didn't throw someone through a window. I didn't spit on a kid. I didn't claim to not be a role model. Like, holy shit, this is like get your popcorn ready fun. Sean, where are you? What are your thoughts? Who do you side with? I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. In LeBron versus Barkley. You know, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a split because I I you do get it from both sides. Charles is always going to be in the old school of thinking that the NBA that he played in was rougher, tougher. You know, he's the he's the Clint Eastwood get off my lawn guy at this point in in his life. And you know what? I get it. I totally understand. Um, we're in a different we're in a different time now. Players want to team up, and I. I do agree that I, I think that you know LeBron does want to be in the best situation possible for him to win another title, especially kind of later on in his career right now. So yeah, he does want some other players to um, you know be put around him. And yes, Charles Barkley did kind of do a similar thing later on in his career when he teamed up with Scottie Pippen and Hakeem in Houston, which didn't work out at all. Um, nice but, trade for like, the Blazers. Yeah, and and you know. And, like, I get it, I get it, but Charles is always going to be that against-the-grain guy. That's who he was when he was in the league, but he was tougher when he was a basketball player. He's he's still, you know, mouthing off, mm-hmm. and he's, sh- you know, I mean, that's that's what makes him fun. Right. You know, he's always going to be that, that guy who's always going to say that, you know, things were harder in my day, you know, we didn't whine as much, and he does have a point, you know, his... His era wasn't, you know, I mean, people went out and competed. They really didn't. There wasn't a whole lot of team switching or anything back then. It wasn't as crazy as it is now. I mean, free agency rules everything now. I mean, pe- play- players can go wherever they want. And, yeah, Barkley was buddies with, with Michael Jordan. But I think that was a psychological edge for Jordan, you know? Yeah. I I mean, that that's he was buddies with him and he was buddies with Patrick Ewing. You know, but they always played, you know, you know, he always got the best out of them. So, you know, I don't, you know, I, 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 I get it from both perspectives. I think, I think LeBron, like you said, I think LeBron just doesn't want to play backup point guard. He doesn't. I get it. You know, and he shouldn't be playing backup point guard. He's got too many other things to worry about. He's got to score the ball, you know, and he has to go in and drive and get hacked every time he has the ball. So it's like. I get it. He needs to. He needs to be focusing his attention someplace else in the game. I get it. So, 
Yeah. So to bring Alex back in this conversation, I think what what sticks out to me the most is Barkley brings up this point, and you know, Alex, what stands out to me is like we're we're talking about like this guy not wanting to compete. This is a guy that's played in six straight NBA finals. We all feel he'll be playing in his seventh. This is a guy that's won championships. You can say you know you can say how you feel about them all you want. We you know everyone's got different opinions. This is a guy at 32 years old who's been in the league 14 years who still plays the most minutes a game in the league, and people are still complaining that he doesn't want to compete. And that sticks out to me because I think that's a fair point in this whole situation. I think that's what this comes down to is LeBron wants him to get extra bodies. Hey, call Larry Sanders. I'm all cool with that. And he wants him to be able to you know get take that off his back because in that Dallas game, when Kyrie's out, he's playing backup point guard. When Tristan Thompson's out, he's playing center. Like, and we know he's a guy that can play five positions, but he doesn't want to do that, and I don't blame him for that. No, and he shouldn't have to. Uh, I, I think a lot of it is, too, I mean, he's calling the front office out to be like, hey, we won last year like this. I mean, you see how much damage it, how much damage is done to that roster when a guard goes down. <clears throat> like, they're very, like he said, I mean, they are very top-heavy. And I think he had every right. I don't, I mean, whining per se, but he went out there. He said, hey, we're losing. I mean, they had a... They had the first losing month of their season, I know, uh, mm-hmm. This just with January. And, I mean, so, I mean, they're losing, and they're losing consistently. And I think he's trying to identify the issues in the roster and just publicly be like, hey, look, like, we need this, this, and this. And that probably wasn't the best way to go about it. But, like, he said really what needed to be said about that roster. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, like, the ringer had this great article about how LeBron's gone from kid LeBron to dad LeBron. And they bring up, like, his rookie year when he did that Nike commercial when he, like, froze. To um, his first year back in Cleveland with Kyrie. Kyrie had a game with no assists. And he flat out told him, he's like, you can have a game where you have two, you can have a game where you can have three. But he's like, you can't have a game without any assists anymore because you're our point guard and that's your job. And it hasn't happened since. And I think that, you know, he does have that respect. And I think a lot of people look at it like, I made the joke last week that LeBron's the Cleveland Cavaliers general manager, along with David Griffin. And right. I was semi-joking about that. But, like, I think that, you know, you have to listen at some point. And I think that that's... Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's fair. Um, Absolutely. And I he know... Do, he, like you said, he shouldn't have to play five positions. Right. Like, I, he doesn't... He's There's not a utility position in basketball. And, and I know that, like, between the three of us, I'm the 33%. I'm the guy here that's a LeBron fan. I I love King James, and you guys aren't on the same page as me. And I get that. That's the whole reason I want to do the show with you guys, because you guys know that you don't. You guys aren't the biggest fans of him, but you know how great he is. Instead of going out there on Twitter and being like, well, he plays in the East, so his legacy sucks, and this is why I wanted to have you guys in this show, so we could have these points and talk about these things. <laughs> and, like... Uh, go ahead, Sean. You know, I... I, this is kind of a tactic that, that Kobe Bryant originated. I mean, when we look back at it, I mean, he was the one who said, they got to go get somebody, you know? And it gets to a point where I think teams do get complacent, mm-hmm. you know? But, I mean, the Cavs did just win a title, and they have pretty much the same team they had last year, you know? But they've been dealt some bad luck. They have. Okay. Okay. A lot of the problems they, they have stem right now from not having J.R. Smith. Mm-hmm. And... You know, you paid him money, and he gets hurt. That's that's something that happens in basketball. It does. It happens. you got to have a little luck to make it to the NBA Finals. You really do. Like, there's no way you can get there without, you know... I mean, 
the the year two years ago when Love and Irving went down, and I will stand by this till my dying day that I think I, I I've never saw LeBron play the way he played in that series right. with more passion. He was just he was a man possessed, and he didn't have enough to do it, but he was still single handedly able to completely carry that team. And, like, that's kind of like one of those, even though they lost, it was like a total greatness moment. It was kind of like, you know, uh, back in the, the late 80s when, you know, Michael Jordan was taking on the whole Celtics team. Yeah. You know, it was very, very similar situation where you just, you notice the greatness of that one player, but he needs more. And he, uh, you know, and he's going to get, they're going to get somebody. They tried out four point guards today. Mario Chalmers being one of them. I imagine he, if if they're going to pick out of the four that they did, you know, they did try out. I, I imagine just because of the experience he has with LeBron, I, I have a feeling it's probably going to be Mario Chalmers. You I don't mean know it's not of... going to be Lance Stevenson? No, it's not going to be Lance Stevenson. You missed her blowing in your ear in the <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals. No, it's not going to be him. It's not oh, going to be perennial Rajon Rondo fighter Kirk Heinrich? <laughs> no. <laughs> still one of the greatest YouTube videos of all time. <laughs> still. Still one of the. They used to show that at the beginning of games just to get fans just riled up. It was part of their their video segment. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, yeah, Kirk Heinrich. You know, I, he was pretty terrible the last two years he was in the league. I don't know. And there was one other player, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, it was not Nate Robinson. And trust me, Nate's a Colin. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nate yeah. wants to play. Nate wants to play. I want Nate to play. I don't. I will not lie to you guys. I want Nate oh. Robinson back in the league. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I. Yeah, he's a fun guy, but he got. You know, he tore his ACL so late in his career that you know I. I don't. I don't know how a guy comes back from that and performs. You know, at a competitive level at his age with a torn ACL. You know, it's just it. And on top of that, that guy is five foot nine. Okay. <laughs> He has to take twice as many steps is actually probably three times as many steps is Antetokounmpo down the down the the court. I mean, he's put so many miles on his legs. So I just I don't I don't see Nate coming back. Honestly, I love him. Yeah, I but I can him. dream. Yeah, he's dude. The year that he single handedly carried them through that Brooklyn series. Yeah, dude. That was that was probably my my second or third favorite year of being a Bulls fan. Like he was just incredible that year. But um, yeah. Jordan Farmar, Jordan Farmar was the other one. And, Oof. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was just playing what a year and a half ago. So but I mean, he's. Is that kind of like, you know, obviously Kyrie and Love are there, but like, yeah. if, say like those guys go down again, and there's like Jordan Farmar and like all these like Jordan McRae, DeAndre Leggins, Kay Felder, like it's like oh seven all over again, right? Yeah. Might I mean, as well just fucking call Steve Blake, see what he's doing. Right. Yeah. Jason Capono? They're, no. No, 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 no. no they, just, they just need to, you know, they need to sign somebody to a 10-day contract, see how they do, and then just move on and see if they can, if it's someone they want to keep. You know, sign, I, don't, I don't know why they're not doing that. Like, that's, that, I, I understand LeBron's frustration. Get another guy in there who can handle the ball. If he sucks, you know, if you, if you sign someone to a 10-day contract, some of these guys would be thrilled to have a 10-day contract. Yeah. You know, to go out and prove themselves. If they don't like them, they can move on to someone else. And I mean, they can do whatever they want, and I just, I honestly don't know what they're waiting for at this point. And 10-day contracts have been a successful thing, if you look of late. Like, Sean Kilpatrick is now starting. I know it's the Brooklyn Nets, but he's played well. 
And he, you yes, know, he has. And he got, he started on a ten day contract with the Knicks and the Nuggets, and then the, and the Nets gave him a ten day contract. And they gave him another, and then the rule states after you give a guy two ten day deals, you got to decide what you're going to do with them. And he is now their starting two. Um, yeah, Tim Frazier in New Orleans, who we have raved about, you know, he was a ten day contract guy, and he's been really good for New Orleans. Um, yeah. So like this isn't the ten day contract's not a bad plan, and yeah. I think that that could be a really good thing for them. Um, by the way, we had to say it again, Sean. Alex was right yet again last week when he said the Cavaliers should go get Jabir Nelson. He was on the target list. So, Alex, dear God, what are you doing? What is this? Do you have the ball from Space Jam except for instead of talents, you have, like, future, like, signs and images in there? No, I just sit on Photoshop and alternate jerseys on players until I see what looks good. And I'm like, they should play there. <laughs> I, I think that's what Larry Bird does, though, right, when he signs Pacer players? That's how I've done all GM modes and all NBA games I've played. I'm like, he would look good in that jersey. This, this looks right. This looks right. <laughs> right. Right. Like when we were trying to guess the free agent moves back in the first episode, and I was like, Al Jefferson, is he on the Pacers? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, he looks good in a Pacers uniform. <laughs> exactly. That's why we're. Just... That's why we're. That's why we're gunning for gunning for Taj Gibson on the Spurs. He just he's right. like, he looks so good in that jersey. And why I'm gunning for Gallinari on the Thunder? Yes. Yes. Oh god! Which, by the way, I did see um, again the Thunder flirting with the possibility of getting Carmelo. They know it's a long shot, but they're going to try for it apparently. So it's like, oh god! I was I was kind of joking, but I also saw the Knicks are still trying to get Kevin Love and send Carmelo there. Like, no, it's not going to happen. No, not going to happen. He's too valuable. You know, I mean, LeBron would have to go to the front office and say. I want him, and as soon as he gave that blessing, they would make the trade. But Kevin Love is a—he's <laughs> a top five power forward in the league, right? And he sh- shoots the lights out on top of it. It's a rarity. Like you have a guy who does what he does. He goes and gets boards. He can shoot the ball really well. He's just—you know—when he's not hurt, he's tough, <laughs> right? Know? Yeah. So, guys, it looks like, you know, as we're moving on to our next topic before we touch on some other things, uh, we finally do have the point where we have our All-Star Reserves in. As we remember, last week I gave my big spiel on why I'm pissed off Russell Westbrook wasn't starting. We all said he'd make the reserve team, and he did, in fact. So, let's go through this real quick, see if we can get your guys' thoughts there. Starting in the East, uh, reserves are Paul George, rightfully so, has had a good year for an up-and-down Pacers team. Kevin Love, who Sean just talked about, is a top-five power forward, 100% agree. Kyle Lowry, who's really been better than teammate DeMar DeRozan, should really be the starter. Paul Millsap, who's on everyone's trade list. Isaiah Thomas, who's been nothing short of phenomenal. Kemba Walker, who Sean had in his starting group on the East. And John Wall, who I had in my starting group on the East. And the West Reserves, we have Boogie, DeMarcus Cousins making it. Big ups to Big DC. Uh, Keep continuing that legacy there. Marcus Saw, who I'm shocked actually even wants to play in there. Uh, Draymond Green, who... Okay, obviously fair. Uh, DeAndre Jordan making for the crazy thing. This is DeAndre's first time making the All Star game, and then Russell Westbrook, obviously MVP. Um, Alex, you know I'm saving this for last, obviously. Oh, but I know. Clay Thompson, because hey, why not just throw another Warrior in there? He's been outstanding this year, right? <laughs> and then last but not least, Alex Gordon dude. Hayward of the Utah Yaz making it to the All Star game. Very excited. Very exciting. Rightly so. Totally deserved it. So how pissed are you that because Westbrook isn't starting, 
he is a reserve, and thus Damian Lillard is not. Why? <laughs> Why did Clay Thompson make it over Damian Lillard? Why? I don't know, man. What? It's weird. Like it's like those NCAA tournament bubble teams. It's you just some get in, and you can't explain it. It's so frustrating. Like, don't get me wrong. Clay's had a good year, but and I understand the Warriors are a lot better than the Blazers are right now. But to say that Clay Thompson should be in there, and I understand he's an injury replacement for Chris Paul over Lillard, who has played really well, who's on a bad team. I understand that. Like, that's such crap to me. I'm so sick of this whole situation there, and that really bothers me. Okay, end rant. Could, I mean, I mean, I wonder what the, the stats are. And, I mean, if, say, Russ wins the MVP, which mm-hmm. right now he should, he wins the MVP and doesn't start in the All-Star game, how many times do you think that's happened in the history of basketball? I know it's happened. It happened in Major League Baseball the year Joey Votto won it, but I don't know how much it's happened in basketball. Hell, the year Kirk Gibson won in the American League, he didn't even play in the All-Star game. Wow. Yeah. How about that? I feel, like it's a, I feel like it's a little harder in the NBA. Yes, I agree. You know, I, I just, you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and so, and then uh, on the east side, I truly had no issues. Um, the seats are built interesting. Like, if you look at the east bench, like, there's no starter, there's no center on that east team. Um, I think Giannis would probably take the jump. And then Love is, like, the second biggest guy on the team. <laughs> I think Giannis will take the jump. <laughs> and on You're the right. West. You're absolutely correct. And on the West, you have big bodies everywhere. Obviously, AD. And then you've got well, Boogie, Gasol. You've got DeAndre. Like, this game, I look at, if there was actually a strategy in the All-Star game, it would be the East are going to shoot a lot from the perimeter and the West are going to try to get in the paint. That's the 2017 All-Star game. This This brings us back to my point from before. They need to make the center an actual position again on the All-Star ballot. Guys, why isn't Joel, Joel Embiid in the All-Star game? Joel Embiid deserves to be in. Not only that, people wanted to see him in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know anybody who doesn't like Joel Embiid. He's freaking awesome. He is awesome, man. He's absolutely awesome. He should be on that team, regardless of how the Sixers have played. I just... I, I'm so disappointed that they don't have centers anymore. Hey, the Sixers won as many games in January than they did all last season. I know. And I mean, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. And the of course, role they're on. Yeah, and of course, Joel Embiid, if we could do it, who I'm loving, he gets my tweet of the week with, once again, the popular vote didn't matter. Yes. <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to try something new this week. We're going to do a quick round table of quick topics and discussions to give you guys a few sec- about 30 seconds or so to give your opinions on so before we wrap up this week's show Alex let's start with you an article in the vertical my all-time favorite player as we know Anthony Penny Hardaway says that he feels for Russell Westbrook because Kevin Durant leaving for Golden State was exactly Shaquille O'Neal leaving for LA how do you compare him very similar I mean in, in terms of size and scope and everything uh, not not too far off I don't feel yeah I agree, and I think that, that was, it was an awesome article. Get a chance to read it. And Sean, touching this off with you, I'll give you a happy one here, man. Vince Sanity, Vince Carter turned 40 last week. Now, we all know there's a big spot in my heart for Vince Carter. You even had him on your list for top 10 and never won a title. When you look back at the legacy of Vince Carter, what do you describe him as? Hall of Famer. I agree. Hall of Famer. Half, half Man, Half Amazing was the coolest nickname ever. Yeah. 
He's he's. Uh, I, I I love a guy who who dunks and shoots threes, man, and that's uh, pretty much what Vince did and does. I was gonna say, like he had like that crazy like layup last week where he spun in midair, and I was like, oh, he... that that three sixty layup was incredible. I was like, is he twenty three again? I I can't do that right now. <laughs> I know. Like like I, I I couldn't do that in the seventh grade, and I can't do it right now. So I <laughs> you know I I don't. He's, he's... I couldn't do it if you told me I could. <laughs> I That's like, um, I remember Alex, you tweeting one time. It was um, when the Spurs lost to the Heat in the finals. There's like that shot in game seven when Duncan puts it in and it rolls yeah. around and falls out. And you're like, mm. you could tell mm. me a million times that that's going to go out. I could watch it happen and go out and I still think it's going to go in. Yep. Uh, Timmy D, man. I miss the big fundamental. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, I think on that note, we can wrap up this week's edition of the Corner 3 Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please feel free to give us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, you know, everywhere we're at. That will certainly be appreciative. Um, really excited. We added another member to the team for the writing group, uh, Taylor Bergfeld, one of my dear friends. He did our college basketball previous show. He's going to be a contributor to the Quarter3.net where he's going to give us our, our college basketball coverage as far as draft picks and things like that. So really excited for that. Um we're going to try to get everything rolling here, everyone. Be sure to check us out everywhere all over the world as we are. Have a great night and enjoy the, enjoy the hoops this week. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.